Welcome to the Lewis Jonker Podcast. Lewis is a speaker, storyteller, preacher and poet. Hope you get something out of this talk. There was an old song over the Central Coast, an old vibe, an old atmosphere. Maybe you remember it, not this year, but in the years preceding this one. And uh, it sounded a little bit like, I think I have the first slide here, uh, sounded a bit like... Two draws in three days, the spoon is ours again. And I love this line on that one. The curse of the Central Coast Stadium prevailed on Monday night. Or maybe some other ABC News. Central Coast Mariners' terrible year ends in embarrassing delays as a goal breaks in loss to Perth Glory. Embarrassing. Like, can you imagine being one of the football players? You know, you open up your local newspaper, you go to news.com.au and you're reading that the curse of the Central Coast Stadium has prevailed once again. But I think there's a new song brewing on the Central Coast. I went to my second ever soccer game with Dorsey and the boys, some of the youngest have been going to the soccer game. This is us, this is the family photo of the Mariners. And uh, you can't see me, Dorsey, and I think Tonk's there, and I think Josh Court. There's a Matt Kelly's in there somewhere, there's a few other people in there somewhere. I think we're in like the top right corner there. But there was a new song brewing. Dorsey's been teaching me the Yellow Army chants. <laughs> Dorsey, you've got to help me with this one. It's my favourite Yellow Army chant. It goes, and all the boys are going to help me with this one. What's my favourite one, Dorsey? I've been singing it all week in the car. Um, oh, we're going to win the league. We're going to win the league. I know you're not going to believe us. I know you're not going to believe us. I know you're not going to believe us. We're going to win the league. There is a new song brewing on the Central Coast. And I wonder in our lives, are we stuck singing an old song or are we singing the new song? The Bible tells us a lot about singing a new song. Psalm 98, sing a new song to the Lord, for he has done marvellous things. Psalm 40, put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Psalm 96, sing a new song, tell of his salvation from day to day. Psalm 33, sing a new song, play skillfully with the strings. Henry Moore, first time on the guitar tonight at church. Big round of come on. Play skillfully on the strings, for the Lord is upright and faithful. Psalm 95, sing a new song to the rock of our salvation. And it goes on and on through Isaiah and other books and extra psalms. Sing a new song. But what does it even mean to sing a new song? Well, first... I wanted to look at the first song that ever occurs in the Bible, the first song that's ever written down. But I have to tell you a little bit about the old song first. Imagine that you are a slave in Egypt, forced to build the trade cities of Pithom and Ramses, named after Ramses II, who was the pharaoh at the time that the the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt. They're whipped, they're not fed well, they're dirty, they're living in the not best of places, and they're enslaved. And as you go to your, I guess you wouldn't call it going to work every day, it's not like you have your uh, Blend 43, wake up, get some time in. No, it's like 
they're yelling at you with their horns, it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work. And as you're walking through the cities of Egypt and you're going to the trade cities and you're going back to your mud huts and you're going to the trade and you're going back to your mud huts and you're going and you're in you're in you're in slavery, you're walking past the temples that have been uh, erected for Ramses too, and you're walking past his tombs which are being built for when he passes away, and you're seeing images like this etched into stone. This is a picture of Ramses too. And his chariot, I think. We have a photo there. Perhaps. It'll come. There it is. And so you're walking past the temples and you're walking past the tombs and you're seeing this image etched into stone. And beneath this image etched into stone, there's a poem. There's an old song. And it's called the, uh, the Poem of Pentuar. And they put it, they, they etched it into their temple walls. They etched it under images like this. And if you're an Israelite, you've heard the people singing this song. You've heard this song sung. You've seen this song on the walls. In fact, you've probably been forced to etch it into walls of the cities that you're being forced to build. The Israelites know this song. And I'm, uh, this is the English uh, like translation of this particular song written in honour of Ramses II, the, the pharaoh of this time. And uh, so the translation, and I'm, I'm reading bits out of order. I picked my favourite parts of this poem of Pentar, this old song. The Ramses uprose, weapons in hand, like Baal fit for battle, fit to fight. And the noble pair of horses that carried Pharaoh on, victory was their name. By his horse hooves, they are dashed into pieces on the ground. At his pleasure, there is slaughter. They all say, this is no man, this is a God. The poem of Pentar, written about Ramses II, the Pharaoh who was the Pharaoh enslaving at the time of the Exodus, at the time when the Israelites were yearning for their freedom. And they've heard this old song. They've heard the people sing this old song. And you, you may have heard the story of the Exodus. You may not have heard the story of the Exodus. The story goes like this. Moses is a, is a Hebrew by birth, but he was raised as an Egyptian. He was actually raised as like one of Pharaoh's relatives, and he was raised in that culture. But eventually he decided, well, there's this whole story where he sees one Egyptian beating a Hebrew and he gets really angry at the Egyptian, so he kills the Egyptian and buries him in the dirt. Then it turns out someone saw him do that, so he has to run away and escape, so he escapes Egypt, and then he's living in a, like he's doing some farming stuff out there for a very, very long time until God speaks to him in a burning bush and God says, go back and set my people free. And there's this whole thing with the, with the plagues. Maybe you've heard of it. You know, there's frogs and there's hail from the heaven and there's locusts and there's boils on people's skin and over this progression of plagues and the Pharaoh saying, no, I'm not going to let your people go and Moses saying, no, let my people go. Eventually, Pharaoh decides after the death of the, his firstborn son because one of the plagues was to kill all the firstborns in Egypt, he says, okay, you can go. And so all of a sudden, the Egyptians are set free by the favour of God, by the salvation of God by God's grace, and they run away out of Egypt. And they get to the, the sea. You would have seen this in, in movies and whatnot, and the way this actually happened, I mean, it may have been walls of water, or it may have happened overnight that the sea slowly parted, but they got to the sea and they got to run across the sea on dry ground to escape. What they didn't know is Pharaoh is back at the temple and he changes his mind. He's like, I shouldn't have let them go. 
So he readies his horses and his chariots that the poem calls, the poem of Pentar calls his horses named Victory. And he readies his, uh, his, his, you know, his captains of the armies and they, he says, go get them, go get them back, go chase after them. But when they get to the water's edge, the, the Israelites, they just escaped, they just escaped over the other side. And as the Egyptians enter the dry ground, the sea collapses back on them. And I guess a lot of them die. And the horses named Victory didn't live to tell the tale. And then Moses and his sister sing a song. And it's the first song in the Bible, in Exodus 15. And the song goes like this. Exodus 15. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defence. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots, which were apparently called victory, and his army he hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like stone. Your right hand, Lord, are majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. The old song, the old song was Pharaoh's horse hooves were going to scatter people like dust under their feet. But the new song was, your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. There was an old song and a new song. There was an old song of slavery, but a new song of salvation. An old song of pain and a new song of promise. An old song of Pharaoh, a new song of freedom. An old song of sorrow, a new song of strength. An old song of death, a new song of deliverance. An old song of captivity, a new song of the captivating king of kings. There was an old song, but there's a new song. And, I mean, in its context, I mean, none of us are necessarily living in slavery, although that happens all around the world, like we hear today with the chocolate initiative with, you know, literally cocoa beans being, being farmed by child slaves. That does happen in places in the world. But certainly in our Western world here in Narara, it's not like we're being forced to build trade cities or forced to call a pharaoh god who we don't believe in one bit but there is another kind of slavery. Galatians 5, 1 says this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Jesus talks about how if we sin, we become a slave to sin. And I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life that I myself have been a a slave to sin, living in the old way. It's an old song. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you've heard your friends at work sing this song. Maybe you've seen your friends at school sing this song. Maybe the song sounds like bullying one of bullying other people in your class. Maybe the song sounds like <laughs> the the beery or the club on a Saturday night. Nothing wrong with 
going and having a responsible drink and a responsible dance, but maybe you've heard the old song in those places. Maybe you've heard the old song in your own life as you're scrolling through and I, I or, you know, scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or walking down the beach and your eyes wander. Maybe you've heard the old song. Maybe you've sung the old song. I know in my own life I have sung the old song. I know we're growing up in Biloela, my hometown. Oh my goodness, there was an old song I used to sing. I was like the only active Christian there apart from sort of one other person in my heart. And it was, I always got caught singing the old song. And there were just moments, there were these one moment, these few moments in my life where I'd choose to sing the new song, but it would be so easy in that culture being surrounded by, not Pharaoh, not Egyptians, not necessarily, but just everyday life being surrounded by this old song, it's so easy to start singing along. I don't know if you've got a multiple different playlist on your Spotify account or Apple Music account. Maybe you've got one playlist called Christian and another playlist called... <laughs> Yeah, what was it? Don't play when Josh is in the car. Was that, was that the joke in the... <laughs> and maybe that's all your, your hidden songs, your secret songs. I know you young people listen to all that hip-hop. I know what those rappers rap about. Yes, I'm pretty clued in. And I know that because I work at Narara Valley High and they all bring their portable speakers and I tell you what, the language in some of these songs playing right outside my office. And I feel like I'm just like, okay, Lewis, don't sing along. And the truth is, I've heard the radio, I know the words. It's so easy to sing along with the old song when everyone else is singing it. But there's a new song. There's a new song. For it is freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. There might be an old song of slavery, but there's a new song of salvation. Jesus brings us salvation. Jesus brings us a new song. And you've probably heard the story multiple times. I know those of you that attend a Christian school, you know, they, they, they tell this story every Wednesday at chapel and you've heard it so many times that it's like water off a duck's back and you don't even hear it anymore. Or maybe you've grown up in church your whole life and you've heard it, like, you know, especially every time communion comes around, it's like, oh, yeah, the Jesus story, I've heard this before. And it's almost like it's the best story in the world, but it almost becomes an old song because it's just like you don't even know the words you're saying. I really appreciated my Lutheran upbringing, a very old school church, stand up, sit down. But the words became like they were powerful words, but they just became an old song because you weren't even thinking about them when you were saying them. Lord, forgive me. Even the Lord's Prayer, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It's like it becomes an old song because you don't even take note of the words you're saying. But it's a beautiful story, this Jesus story, this story that was put in place before we were even born, this story of salvation, much like God redeemed his people, redeemed the Israelites from actual slavery in Egypt. God, Jesus, comes to redeem us from our slavery in this world, the slavery that's within us, the slavery that we all know that I, you know, uh, Mitch, Mitch Forbes expressed it so clearly. It's like, I don't even need to get up here and tell you about this slavery that you feel because we all, we all feel it. This slavery of like, you know, I'm not a very good person. You know, we should look after the planet and uh, looking after the planet's good. Humans don't do it very well. This is just one of the old songs we sing. So we clog our seas with plastic and we do all the wrong things and we make the world yuck. But then McDonald's brought in paper straws 
Mm. And I tell you what, I really wanted to sing that old song because the new song was crap. (laughs) And the straws melt. And then one of our youth leaders gave me an idea. I won't name and shame them. They said, just go buy a bag of plastic straws and keep them in your car. So I got on eBay and I ordered 1,000 plastic straws, (laughs) which are now in the glove box of my car. And I tell you what, when people come in my car, they like it when we go through Maccas because they get a plastic straw, just like the old days. But uh, I told this story to Carol and she wasn't very impressed. (laughs) She thought that was the worst thing she'd ever heard. You know, we're all trying to save the planet and here's Lewis buying three years worth of plastic. I will not, I, I do promise I will never throw it into the sea. But I tell you what, it's easy to sing the old song. It's like I know what plastic does to the earth. And I'm just like, give me more plastic. I know what sin does in my life. Yet, you know, the Bible talks about like a dog returning to vomit. It's like, ah, ah. And I know you all feel the same. But Jesus, he comes. And he becomes a man. He takes off his crown. He leaves. He comes and he becomes in human form, fully God, fully man. And yes, he heals people and he does signs and he does wonders and he does all the things and it's beautiful. He does so many things and it's beautiful. But ultimately, he comes to die in our place on a cross. Because all that sin, all that slavery that we feel, all the things we do wrong, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And sometimes I feel that. Sometimes I feel like I deserve that. But then I remember that Jesus came and took my place on a cross and he bore that sin. And when he died, my sin died with it. And when he rose, I rose again with him. And I can sing a new song, a new song that we're going to talk more about at Easter. Oh, it is really hard to keep this to 20 minutes. People have been singing this new song for a very, very long time. And it will be sung for a very, very long time. In, uh, in Revelation, it talks about how the angels are praising God and that even the angels are singing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb, which is Jesus. There's a picture of um, a woman here. And this is Helen Howarth Lemel. Helen Howarth Lemel. And she was living her best life. (laughs) She got married in a society that was even more patriarchal than the one we live in now. So, you know, the men are are the breadwinners. But she goes to the doctor one day and the doctor says, you are going to go blind. Slowly, but surely. And as she starts to lose her vision... Her husband decides, well, this is too hard. It's too hard looking after my wife who's losing her vision. And so he divorces her. And she becomes in a place where, you know, the husband's the breadwinner, all that sort of stuff, and she's going blind. And there's an old song of darkness, an old song of not being able to see, an old song of rejection. But Helen Howarth Lemel, she writes a hymn 
Cast my eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his mercy and grace. A blind woman who experiences rejection of the lowest, the worst kind, knows the grace and love of Jesus and sings about casting her eyes upon Jesus and looking him full in the face. She might be blind, but she knows there's a new song. And she knows when she gets to heaven, she might be blind, but she is going to look Jesus full in the face. And the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. The old song will grow dim in the light of his mercy and grace. And I think that's beautiful. And I think in our own lives, as we experience more and more this gift of salvation, this what Jesus did for us, as we choose to accept that and embrace it in our lives, and so often it's easy to forget. I, my soul yearns for the people that go to a Christian school have just heard it so much that it almost becomes like a, 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 an annoying tapping drum, but it's, it's so true. I want us all to experience it afresh because the things of the earth grow strangely dim in the light of his mercy and grace, and we can sing a new song. So I don't know what your old song is. Maybe your old song is a, a sin, something that's so hard to let go of. Maybe the old song is, you know, you hang out with your friends at school, or, you know, your friends that aren't really Christian, or even adults as you go back into your workplace and it's not really that Christian of an environment and everyone's singing the old song. Maybe it's on your soccer team, your secular soccer team. Maybe it's on your Christian church soccer team. I hear those can be pretty rough as well. People singing the old song. But there's a new song. And as we accept fully more and more what Jesus has done for us, we can begin to sing the new song.